Friday, um, when the CNN video came out of the arrest of one Roger Stone, what was CNN doing there? Still a good question. Um, and how it all went down, and we've got more details today than we had on the then. There are differing differing opinions on uh, on that, if that's the way to do it or not. How about we listen to Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law professor, his opinion on this. Government admitted he was not a flight risk. They uh, consented to very, very low bail, basically released uh, on his own. And uh, it was just a show. And how CNN learned about the arrest and was there at the time also raises some uh, some serious <clears throat> questions. Look, as uh, Judge Ellis, who presided over the Manafort case, said about Manafort, government isn't interested in Manafort. Uh, Mueller isn't interested in going after this guy for his uh, bank fraud. So that's Dershowitz's opinion on the, it being a show. We also got this from another law enforcement officer. When you're serving an arrest warrant, you always go in as if you're taking down a dangerous person because you don't know what they're capable of. You're invading their castle. They're caught off guard and may try to protect themselves. Having said that, there's no reason to not simply arrest him as he's going about his day. That's the way you would handle the situation. The house raid was done for political effect. And that's the only reason they did it that way. Mm. What was the raid actually like? This is Roger Stone uh, on one of the couple of interviews he gave her the weekend. I think the way I was treated on Thursday is extraordinary. I think the American people need to hear about it. I'm 66 years old. I don't own a firearm. I have no prior criminal record. My passport has expired. The special counsel's office is well aware of the fact that I'm represented. The idea that a 29-member SWAT team in full tactical gear with uh, assault weapons would surround my house, 17 vehicles in my front yard, including two armored vehicles, a helicopter overhead, amphibious uh, vehicles uh, in the back where my house backs onto a canal, uh, and that I would open the door looking down the barrel of assault weapons, uh, that I would be frog-marched out front barefooted and handcuffed. I, uh, I, I, is all that true? The, I don't know. The amphibious vehicles you got to like. He's, he's, he's swimming for it. Get him. He's got a submarine. I knew it. Put the amphibious vehicles in the water. Put the amphibious vehicles in the water. In, 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 if it wasn't a show. He's they, got a jet ski. He has a jet ski. If it wasn't part of a show, they must have thought he was El Chapo and had one of those super fancy lift up the bathtub, go down a tunnel, leave on a mini bike to a canal, and then get in a rowboat sort of thing going. Right, right. You know, it's funny because originally the story was, did they need all those cops? And we got a great note from uh, Al Anonymous, who was a highly uh, placed uh, FBI official. And he said, um, is it overkill to have so many agents on hand? Depends. Is there a search warrant to execute as well? Because a lot of those guys are just going to go in and start pawing through papers and filling boxes and stuff like that. That's why they're there. On the other hand, he doesn't get into amphibious vehicles and helicopters and the rest for elderly white-collar criminals. Well, having watched the video, the portions of the video I've seen, there's certainly a lot of cops with a lot of guns dressed like they're, well, like they're after El Chapo. I don't understand from various lawyers, Alan Dershowitz or others that I've that I've heard from, why you don't arrest this guy in the street 
Or just do the, as Stone said, why didn't you just call my attorney and tell me I have to turn myself in? That's yeah. another way you handle these situations. Yeah, the a, fear of him destroying evidence is the answer to yeah, that. Well, his one, answer but. to that is, I've had two years to destroy anything I want if I want to destroy evidence. That's a pretty good answer. I think that's a damn good answer. Yeah. I don't think there's any uh, way you can look at this other than they wanted a giant show. They wanted a giant, this is the kind of criminals we'll, we're dealing with, them, the, the Trump people. I mean, just the highest level of criminals. I don't see how else you look at it. it could and Stone be. says they what they want to he wants to poison the jury pool so that they think he's a giant criminal. They've seen it on TV. And then the whole CNN being there stinks also. Amphibious vehicles. That's amazing. So the other aspect of this note from Al that I found very interesting. And his his point being Dershowitz made the point, so did Stone. They let me go a couple of hours later on my signature. Right. That's how dangerous I am. Right. Yeah, I think that's a decent case. Of course, that has nothing to do with his uh, guilt or innocence. Nope. He's just trying to do the same thing he's accusing the governor or the government of being but if you or have, doing. I'm sorry. Yeah. But if you have pretty good evidence of politicizing yes. on the other side, you have to be pretty skeptical about their motives. Oh, yeah. If they're going to play that card, I get why he decided to play You know, the same card, essentially. Um uh, also, uh, Al mentions. <laughs> go amphibious, ahead. You got more? Amphibious vehicles is funny. Well, if that actually happened. Well, he's known to be a skilled swimmer. He can swim like a crocodile, that uh, Roger Stone. I mean, one of those Ospreys <laughs> over his house with people repelling down onto the roof. He can. Uh, he can. <laughs> they already have a helicopter. <laughs> he's known to be able to hold his breath for two minutes underwater. He would just dive into that canal and never be seen again. Swim straight to Cuba. On Tucker Friday, he was talking about, I'm, I'm up there, my blind wife and my two dogs. What do they think's going to happen? So, interestingly enough, Al, on the topic of making false statements, that's U.S. Code 1001, Jack, 1001. Um, I mentioned that uh, you, people would uh, uh, be charged with that simply because they misspoke or forgot. In over 20 years, I never saw that happen, right, Al? Of course, you know, Al isn't involved in an extremely political prosecution, but, you know, anyway. It, but this is the part I liked. People lied to me nearly every day for a variety of reasons. Protect their boyfriend, hide their guilt, hide evidence, etc. I never use that charge. It's usually a disruption technique. And B, false statements must be knowing. And the charge is not made relative to insignificant statements. Um, forgetting you met the bad guy at a party isn't chargeable. Well, that's... You know, I agree with you, Al. Unless you are trying to get leverage over somebody and, and are portraying lapses in memory as insidious. Because that does happen. Um, it, it's just too easy to not do it. Well, that's it, it, but it, it, you. You might never take it all the way to the mat. If you want to believe this side of the argument, what they're doing is with all these process crimes is put every everybody in a position where you're one. I'm going to make you go broke fighting this, and two, right. you're going to spend a lot of time, if not the rest of your life, in jail because of your age. Yeah, it's leverage, not so, a, not a conviction. So, bra. so tell me what you got on Trump, and I'll let you go because it's not that big a deal. Right. See, I think I think it is that sort of strong arming. Just getting lots and lots of leverage with these charges. And that's what Dershowitz believes. That's what a lot of people believe. Right, right. It's an opportunity to put them in a in a in a situation where you think I'm 66. Do I want to go to jail for 10 years? Yeah. No. I, I heard. Was it from a prosecutor or a judge? Or in Manafort's case, go to jail for the rest of your life? Sure, as an old oldster. Yeah. Um, uh, a prosecutor or judge? I can't remember what which once said to me. You know what you call a person who lies in court? A witness. People lie all the time. 
Um, I don't know where that leaves us on this case, but clearly they're looking for leverage to get higher and higher. Of course, there's different ways to look at it. The rest of your life, if you're an old person, the prime of your life, if you're a Cohen. I got kids I'm raising. You know, if I'm old, my last 10 years, prison, that's like a government facility. Well, you'd have Jello on Fridays. Sounds pretty good. I got a TV. Just on Fridays? (laughs) That's funny. I'd I'd heard it was more often. Um, How much time is Cohen doing? He's not doing a lot of time, is he? Three, four years, something like that. Is that right? In a federal tennis camp with the visitation and the rest of it? Still, you're away from raising your kids. Although, wait a second. Is he he going to federal uh, Hooskow? Now we're into the weeds. I don't know. Where Roger Stone would have hid after he swam underwater for two solid minutes if they didn't have the amphibious assault vehicles. He says he was in leg shackles at the jail. Oh, sure. Hands and feet. Yeah. What? You can't have him, you know, fighting 20 cops and busting out. Well, then what? 45 Well-known minutes? elderly jujitsu master Roger Stone. Then 45 minutes, you sign a piece of paper and you walk out the front door. And he beats the hell out of 27 cops, gets out the door, dives into a different canal, and swims to Cuba. Then you've lost. That's why you gotta go in and shrink. Uh, I saw the Spider-Man movie with my kids, among other things. Here's my complaint about modern movie theaters that I'll add to everything else we need to talk about. I think some major twists and turns in the 2020 presidential race. Three big things happen. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Fans of our on-demand show, we now have a brand new daily podcast. We're calling it Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. Yeah, it's where we just talk about something else that didn't fit into the show. And sometimes we use naughty language. Yes! Not often, though, because it's naughty. Finally! Find it right now via the iHeart app. Just search for Armstrong and Getty, One More Thing. My chance to work blue. We're living at a most fragile time. Not only the fact that this president is not qualified to be the president, but the fact that both parties are consistently not doing what's necessary on behalf of the American people and are engaged every single day in revenge politics. That's great, but I've been waiting 10 minutes for my chai tea latte. Is it coming or isn't it? (laughs) Job? Job? Your chai tea latte, Job? (laughs) Howard Schultz of Starbucks fame. If that's his real name. Sounds made up to me. How funny would that be if on the debate stage he just constantly calls his opponents by the wrong name? (laughs) Good inside Starbucks joke. That would be funny. (laughs) Good meme knowledge. He's (laughs) he's seriously considering running for president. Former CEO of Starbucks. He's going to run as an independent. He doesn't uh, think either party's doing a good job. Doesn't want to be beholden to either one of them. He did talk about this, which uh, I was really happy to hear about because nobody ever brings this up well we are sitting today with approximately 21 and a half trillion dollars of debt which is a reckless example not only of republicans but of democrats as well as a reckless failure of their constitutional responsibility and i'd be tempted to vote for the guy on that alone even though i disagree with him on you know 
most stuff. Yeah, so he brought up uh, several other times the, um, uh, and this is one of the three big developments over the weekend in my mind for the r- r- race for 2020. Howard Schultz, if he got 4% of the vote, could change the landscape completely. Certainly possible, yeah. Um, as tight as we've had several recent elections. Well, and uh, yeah, well, I understand your point is that that small percentage would potentially have a huge effect. I think he could potentially grab a hell of a lot more than that. But he, he t- depending, he, he brought up the idea that uh, whatever percentage of Americans have less than four hundred dollars in the bank and are one paycheck away from uh, from going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've been listening to our show for years, you know one of our problems with that way of looking at it is I don't know what their spending lifestyle is. Right. If they have a nice TV or a nice car or ever go on a nice vacation, the fact that they have $400 in the bank has nothing to do with me or the economy or the way our government is structured. Right. What percentage of people in that situation uh, are in that situation through no doing of their own? What percentage are kind of on the bubble and what percentage are, 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 are avid consumerists who overspend and are broke? You need to know that you well, can't lump all those people together and, 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 and expect me to have tears streaming down my cheeks. There are all kinds of statistics that show that we're avid consumerists in general right. as a society. Right. That's why we got the government when we got. We yeah. believe in you know buy, getting what we want now and putting on our credit card. And I like this text. The founder of Starbucks suggested federal income taxes is the reason so many Americans have less than $400 in the bank. Let's have a conversation about a $5 daily milkshake habit with a shot of espresso. He's got 3,000 Starbucks stores across Across the country that survive mm-hmm. because people are willing to spend two to ten dollars for a cup of coffee they could make at home for two cents. Right. So, right. Mm-hmm. well, and if you have one of those per day, sure. do the math. Absolutely. And you put that away every month. You don't have four hundred dollars in the in the bank anymore. Yeah, I, that's you know, it's so tiring. Once you establish that the government is mommy and that it takes care of you and it gives you things. Uh, we're doomed as a society. I mean, it's very, very difficult to claw our way back from that. And the minute you remove personal responsibility from the uh, recipe of, of what people have to do with their lives, we're also doomed. He was talking about the, the tax burden that's causing people to only have $400 in the bank. Well, getting back to my question of what percentage of people who are in that situation are you know are, are are truly destitute you know they're they're they have some issue they can't make more than that or, or whatever what percentage are kind of half and a half and which percentage are just stupid with the way they spend their money well if you're in that legit that righteous group that has no money because you just for whatever reason you've been dealt a terrible hand of cards you know uh, mentally emotionally whatever physically and and you're not paying income tax. You have no federal income tax ver- uh, uh, burden. At, in fact, at the end of the year, you get what's called an earned income tax credit, which is some absolutely beautiful Orwellian verbiage, meaning you don't pay any taxes, we give you money. So, again, the righteous portion of the people in that situation don't have a tax burden, burden Howard. You know, the, the, granted, they pay sales tax. You know, they pay a, a huge vehicle tax and the gr- regressive gas tax in certain uh, blue states. But so, you know, again, I appreciate the heck out of him bringing attention to the budget deficit or I'm sorry, the national debt. But um, 
It was full of of some pretty good populist uh, lefty mumbo jumbo. So one of the other uh, three developments over the weekend, Joe Biden uh, said this on Friday, which I think is him staking out a particularly unique position among Democrats. I think the way I was treated on Thursday. Oh, wait, no, that's the wrong one. Roger Stone. And a lot of this we don't want to talk about. That's that's Joe Biden doing his Tom Brokaw, which is dead on. As he could hear there. Well, they're, the same, they're the same age. I think age. the way I was treated. No, that's, that's the fine. same one. So Joe Sorry. Biden said on Friday in front of a bunch of people, he said, I got a secret to share with you. I like Republicans. Oh, and a lot of it. the racists. I've heard the racists. And I think that is him Nazis. clearly making a strategic move to carve out a very unique spot. Because right. that's not where we are in politics right now. You know, we were talking about this in the office before the show, just because we both find it such an interesting topic. You take a snapshot of America right now, hyperpartisan is the way to go. But I think old Uncle Joe is is thinking a year down the road. Yeah, well, I think the, I think you could get elected president with that view. I don't know if you can get the nomination. With that well, view. how many people if you who who you know have? Well, that's an interesting point. Yeah, you, yeah, the test is getting the nomination. But how many people you know uh, have expressed to you? And I'm asking everybody in your real life, or you know, the stuff you read expressed just being exhausted by the hyperpartisan thing. Sure, of course. And the hyperpartisan media. Because most people don't live their lives that way. Right, right. So Uncle Joe's figuring he'll let the uh, 19 Lilliputians slaughter each other during the primary process. He'll be there as a shining uh, example of, of wisdom and virtue. He'll survive the primaries, and then America will just lap him up because they're tired of Trump and the chaos. The other one I was going to mention is Kamala Harris announced it over the weekend, and the crowd she drew. But there's a fourth one I got to get to. What? Just popped back into my head. It's a great one. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, President Trump wasting no time launching a Twitter attack on a possible presidential opponent. Government open for three weeks, and then... And the FDA's warning about blood pressure meds coming up. Yeah, it's funny. They mentioned on 60 Minutes, you know Trump's going to be tweeting at you. (laughs) And it happened. Of course it did. News on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. interesting development in the 2020 presidential election that happened over the weekend. According to the Washington Examiner, Hillary Clinton told friends as recently as last week she will get in if there's not a clear oh boy. Yes. 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 Oh boy. So there you go. Isn't that what Biden's been saying? So Hillary's going to get in if Biden gets in and fails. Biden's thing is, explain to me somebody that's that could beat Trump other than me. You, can, you tell me that, and I won't get in. That's his thing. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, not wasting any time. President Trump calling out the former CEO of Starbucks this morning, tweeting, quote, Howard Schultz doesn't have the guts to run for president. Watched him on 60 Minutes last night, and I agree with him that he is not the smartest person. Besides, America already has that. I only hope that Starbucks is still paying me their rent in Trump Tower. End of tweet. Wow. Uh, Schultz pre-reacted to that tweet on 60 Minutes last night. I, I think like most people, I'm, I've become bored with President Trump and his tweets. Uh, y- oh, they're still occasionally entertaining, Howard. I, 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 Trump knows more about working the media than I do, but I often you know, think he's... Let this guy run. Let this guy get some win. He's only going to help you. 
Wouldn't he siphon off mostly votes that are going to go to a Democrat anyway? Well, this is where you're playing checkers, man. (laughs) And Trump is playing three-dimensional chess. By attacking Schultz, he elevates him. If he'd ignored him, come on. Good point. Four-dimensional chess. In, (laughs) In his 60 Minutes interview, Schultz announced, I am seriously thinking of running for president. I will run as a centrist independent outside of the two-party system. So you're right. Elevate him. Yeah. Have another serious candidate out there along with the Democrat. Take him very seriously. Hint occasionally that you find him a threat. Clinton got elected with 42% of the vote. So he with says Ross he, Perot in there. He's seriously thinking about it. What's he waiting for? He's going to see what the reaction is, see if the fundraisers come his way. Travel the country, stopping in uh, Starbucks, and just to show that he's yeah. open-minded, Pete's coffee, and, and see what people think of his candidacy. He's waiting for the frothy milk to rise <laughs> to the top. Mm. There are some other cynics, though, that are saying, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's got a book coming out this week or next week. This could all just be a whole bunch of hype no, for the book. No, the book's to promote the candidacy, yeah, no, not I, vice versa. I yeah. think he's serious, and you know, he stepped down as if. Running Starbucks, he, he 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 wants to do this. Interesting to see how it plays out. And then I don't know who puts him on the stage for a debate. Does he get on the stage? Right. Will he reach across the aisle to Duncan? Duncan Donuts. We'll see. Democratic Senator Kamala Harris officially allowed, uh, launching her presidential campaign over the weekend. And as we embark on this campaign, I will tell you this: I am not perfect. Lord knows I am not perfect. But I will always speak with decency and moral clarity and treat all people with dignity and respect. If she was a Republican, the New York headline, uh, New York Times headline this morning would be Harris admits to imperfections. <laughs> so, uh, listen, here's here's what's going to get a little complicated, yeah. because the Democratic Party is all about identity politics and and the left of the left is so frothing. About, you know, who you are, because and and we actually got this great email on Friday. Um, Watch people argue about something that happened and it can be anything that happened. It can be the the young geek in the MAGA hat on the Lincoln Memorial with the old Indian who didn't serve in Vietnam or or whatever. Any argument about what happened. See if the person on the left can get through the argument without identifying people's groups. Without referencing it. Mm-hmm. And it can be anything. It can be a guy who was caught shoplifting. It can be uh, a guy who fell off a bus and another and a gal rescued him. Whatever. They will never tell a story or look at it without identifying people's groups. Which is just ugly these days. It's, it's reminiscent of the Nazis. But anyway. So, a great deal has been made, including on uh, uh, PBS this morning, or uh, NPR, PBR, whatever it is. That, um... Uh, what's the professional bull riding? Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's what it is. Um, <laughs> anyway, that that her black heritage was really on display at the rally. Well, her dad was Jamaican. He grew up in Jamaica. He was a recent immigrant to the United States. He's an academic and economist. Right. He was at UC Berkeley for a while. I don't know if he still is, but um, and her mom is Indian from India, also an immigrant. At age seven, they divorced, and she moved to Canada where she 
lived and went to school her entire youth in Canada with her Indian mom. Ooh, a Canadian Manchurian candidate. That's what it is. <laughs> a Canadian Manchurian. Um, and she was learning to speak French because they lived in Quebec. Okay? So, and then she came back to go to college in the United States and has been living in the country ever since. Now, I personally, I, I don't care. I mean, if she was like hardcore constitutional rights and and, and eliminate the, the, the budget deficit right. and the debt and and all that stuff. The, spent the, the fact that she spent some time overseas is neither here nor there to me. But I'm not a hardcore identity politics person. She grew up Indian, French, Canadian. So at some point, the Al Sharptons of the world are going to come out against her. And say she hasn't had the, the black urban American experience. Right, because she hasn't. Because she no, hasn't. Which is not to say that, and, and again, I'm not an identity politics person. I could not care less. Right. But that will be thrown at her, and we'll see, you know, how she reacts and what happens. Now I know. I, I mean, to, uh, and uh, to look at her, you would have no idea of her ethnicity. So I find it a little difficult to believe that, you know, she's been uh, had a lot of end bombs dropped on her as she walks down the street or anything like that. Though she'll try to pitch that because you have to be a victim to be ascendant in identity politics. We'll see how that plays. Now, I know in the world of sport, this is one of Michelangelo's favorites. The AFC beat the NFC 26-7 yesterday in the Pro Bowl. The game played in Orlando in a steady rain, saw several players swap positions with lots of crazy play breaking out all over the place. And what do we have here? Razzle-dazzle continues on. Welcome to the Pro Bowl 2019. Welcome to players screwing around and or the NFL Desperately trying to make something interesting yeah. of the worst all-star game, not only in sports, but in the history of sports. There, you can't have like a for-fun professional football game. No. The stakes are too serious. The injuries are too real. It's the same way you can't play boxing. Right. You're either boxing <laughs> yeah. or you're not. Yeah. That's true. Like, so the, like that, I think having the players swap positions kind of turned it into more of a festive party thing. That's That's probably a good decision. How about uh, if Roger Stone's convicted, you sentence him to watching the Pro Bowl? Because that's the only way I can imagine anybody <laughs> would sit down and watch it. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Besides, these guys, you know, as John Madden famously said, you play one NFL game, it'll change your body for the rest of your life. These guys play enough games. Announce your all-star team. It's an honor. It's nice. And let them go home and rest. Do they make money on it? or? Make them all show up at a stadium and sign autographs. Yeah, something the, like that. The AFC players, $67,000 each for the victory. The NFC players, $39,000. <laughs> Let me know when you're all done or talking about the Pro Bowl. All right. <laughs> hey, I bought a new TV for it. <laughs> I got a surround sound put in. Listen to Jack. Too good to discuss the Pro Bowl. I came across this over the weekend. Yeah. Seven of the oddest weight loss schemes from the past that people adopted at various times. Oh, boy. Some of them are pretty entertaining. And it actually has some uh, good tips in there for losing weight. I guess this is one of your prime times for people to double down on their New Year's resolution of losing weight. It's either that or buy new pants, most in my pe- case. Most people have failed and now are, like, re-attacking it. Nice. Statistically. I know I am. So it's the bounce back. Yeah. After yeah. the New Year's resolution failure. Yeah. Okay. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Important things need to stop happening on Friday afternoons when we're not on the air. It's not good. Yeah, no kidding. Can't deal with them. What about our needs? Mm Mm-hmm. So the big story of the day, which uh, we'll be returning to presently, the return of the part of the part of the government that was shut down. But more importantly, the three weeks of hardcore, intense, high stakes bargaining over immigration policy, the wall fence barrier thingy that everybody agrees on, except when they disagree on it. So stay tuned for that posturing. And I came across also a discussion of whether Trump caved. Is he a coward? According to Ann Coulter. Yeah. Um, apparently, according to people who study this sort of thing, this is the time of the year that people who made a New Year's resolution to uh, lose weight or eat better have failed and are looking to rededicate themselves to that. I am in that group of people. It's a new month resolution. From the Health and Science Desk, from lucky strikes to tapeworms, seven <laughs> of the oddest weight loss schemes of the past that were unhealthy, as many of them are. The point being that there have been all kinds of diets throughout history. Um, that help you lose weight quickly. Some of them ridiculous that we're about to look at. Mm-hmm. Some of them not ridiculous. The problem is almost all of them have the same situation. The real challenge is when you hit your weight goal. For most people, almost all people, they're unable to maintain that. I'd never noticed. Since maintaining a weight loss requires a permanent change in eating habits and lifestyle. That's one of the reasons. Well, and, and your body is fighting like crazy to get back to... Your high weight. And that's one of the reasons that there's a perpetual market for new, quick diets. Everybody's hoping that this new one is the one that will work, ignoring the fact that it's when I get to that weight that when I run into trouble. Mm-hmm. Actually, this article had the history of weight loss and how it came around in the early 20th century. Before then, nobody had ever really considered it. New <laughs> history. Well, right. <laughs> right. It was like uh, the idea of being too tall. It was just... What, what now? It was such a foreign idea as everybody worked as hard as they could to feed themselves a scrap or two of food a day. They actually attribute some of it, the the early craze to the the, the flapper generation, the huh. dance and the, fla- the flapper outfits, which were shorter skirts and bared the arms of women. And that was the first time women were thinking, you know, I wish my arms were a little thinner like that woman's over there so right. in, her, in her flapper outfit. Interesting. Um, some huh. of the ways to lose weight through the years, but roughly this time, smoking instead of snacking. A 1928 advertisement for Lucky Strike cigarettes said, reach for Lucky instead of a sweet, until the sweets industry sued them. Then the ad was rewritten to say, we do not represent that smoking Lucky Strike cigarettes will bring modern figures or cause the reduction of flesh. That's what I'm looking for. That's precisely what I want. The reduction of flesh. Right, too much flesh. We do declare that when you're tempted to do yourself too well, if you will reach for a lucky instead, you will thus avoid overindulgence in things that cause excess weight, and by overindulgence, maintain a modern, graceful form. So, also, what I'm trying to do: maintain a modern, <laughs> graceful form. So far, so good. <laughs> so, I think that illustrates not only the weird legal state of the world in the 20s, but that next batch of verbiage that you uh, vomited—that was good. I like. I like the when that you're was better than the first one. I like the when you're tempted to do yourself too well. Right. I've been tempted to do myself too well on many occasions. <laughs> Daily basis. <laughs> a diet candy 
that had an unfortunate name back in the day. Oh, yes. AIDS. Yes. Oh, oh, no. AIDS for weight loss. AYDS, a fudge-like candy that was designed to be taken before meals as an appetite suppressant. First introduced in the 50s, it grew in popularity for 20 years. One commercial shows a thin woman wearing a yellow shirt-waist dress that looks to be about a size 4 in today's measurements. But in the ad, she says, I just love being a size 10 again. Wearing wow. what would be today a size four because of in, inflation, flattering clothes sizes. Yeah, we all, yeah. We, we all yeah. are uh, uh, tricked by that lie. They've changed sizes over the years. I, I remember the seventies and the AIDS. I I I ate one of those at least. I think I I gobbled several of them. And when he had those AIDS, I think my mom had those AIDS in the 70s. It included a benzocaine, an oral anesthetic that would presumably numb the taste buds. You probably have used this if you had teething kids. Later, AIDS were infused with penafropopalapalapimane. Ask for it by name. A decongestant also used for incontinence in dogs. But when the AIDS crisis (laughs) hit in the 80s, the word association appeared to be just too much. And AIDS was withdrawn from the market in the late eighties. You can't it's, have a candy a, called AIDS in the eighties. Wait a second, it's 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 a that long thing was a what? And it also helped your dog. It was a, it's a uh, it's to treat urinary incontinence in dogs. So my dog can't hold in his urine, and I'm heavy. So can you get some of the uh, give me a, an extra large helping of the penal phenomenon? <laughs> That that kind of reminds me of the the animated kind of James Bond spoof Archer who yes. worked for the Hilarious. International Service Intelligence Service, which is ISIS, <laughs> and then ISIS became right. a thing, and so then they had to change they you know they yeah. made it part of the show where they were taking down all the lettering in the office and stuff. You can't have a candy called AIDS. Uh, all junk food all the time diet, also known as the Twinkie diet. <laughs> this guy, Mark Hobb, a professor of human nutrition. I'm willing to try that. For 10 weeks, he ate nothing but Twinkies, Doritos, Oreos, and other junk food exclusively. God, I would throw up. Oh, no kidding. I couldn't it's do that. Terrible. But he kept his calorie limit to about 1,500 calories a day, which is 800 or more below what most people think they need to take in to lose weight. Yeah. He lost 27 pounds. His point, he was just trying to make the point that less calories, period. Oh, I see. Although, man, very empty cal- calories. Ooh. He died of scurvy. I would yeah. His bones <laughs> softened. They had to pour him into the car to go to the doctor. His bones became that weird little creamy stuff in the middle of filling. <laughs> right, in the exactly. Middle of the he if, could bend his arm right between the elbow and the wrist. <laughs> hey, watch this. <laughs> if you're old enough, you certainly remember the grapefruit diet that was oh, all yeah. the rage back in the day. Some, called, some people called it the Hollywood diet. Uh, this existed in some form since the 30s, but had a resurgence in the 80s, restricting food to almost nothing but grapefruit and maybe a hard-boiled egg. Oh, man, that's a long day. <laughs> nothing but grapefruit and a hard-boiled and egg. maybe a hard-boiled egg, <laughs> if you're good. <laughs> it came in at somewhere between 400 and 800 calories a day. Oy oh, my God. And then now we know that sends your body into absolute shock, and so for the rest of your life, it will demand as many calories as it can get to prevent something that horrible from ever happening to it again. The idea was that the acid in the grapefruit would dissolve the grease inside the body. Blah, blah, (laughs) cleanse, blah, blah, hot peppers, blah, blah, whatever. To be sure, a diet of so few calories is probably going to result in weight loss. So, yeah, this will work. But being famished also meant that dieters turned to binge eating and weight gain after the diet ended. What? And then finally, 
a diet that Khloe Kardashian has um, uh, said she's into. Is this the, the old TW? The tapeworm diet. Oh, boy. The old T-dub. You get a tapeworm living inside you, which consumes the calories that might otherwise feed you. I'm ready, Doc. Put it in. Does it go down or up? To take to to yeah, when they give it to you, I don't does I don't th- I don't know I don't think anybody actually gets a tapeworm on purpose. Chloe Kardashian did. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard of it being done. I've heard yes, I have heard of it being done. I don't know how common it is. I don't want some dang old snake living in my gut. I what I took mostly away from that, I thought it was most interesting. There are all kinds of diets. Uh, you Not apparently this. swallow a pill that has a tapeworm egg in it. I'll do it I today. See. <laughs> um, there, there are all kinds of diets that work. Some of them are healthy, and some of them are unhealthy. But right. they're all—they almost always have fewer calories being taken in, which we should all recognize. Sure. Um, but you lose weight. But the key is that part where you reach the weight. That's the whole thing. If you're not prepared for that, if I'm not prepared for that, what's the point of losing the weight? Well, and again, even if you are prepared, it's going to be a challenge. Well, right. But if I don't have a plan. You're doomed. I, I, haven't they decided that losing the weight and getting it back is more unhealthy than not than just keeping it in the first place? Uh, well, yeah, they go back and forth on that. It's That's not one of those like areas of science where they contradict themselves every two and a half years. It is actually healthier if you drink a lot to stop drinking for a week and then you start again. That doesn't do you any harm. Mm. But the losing thirty pounds then gaining it back might actually be worse than not losing it in the first place. So why are we doing it? If you eat the tapeworm and he's just supposed to eat the stuff that you're eating, aren't you still weighing the same amount? Because the tapeworm's inside you. At well, some point, s- sooner or later, there's the sweet farewell, Sean, and you send uh, the tapeworm on his way. Does it crawl out your ear hole, or what, oh, what happens there? Boy. In the I, middle of the night? Oh, boy. No, no. You wake up in the morning and it's there next to you with packed luggage? I just thought I'd say goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Drop <laughs> on. Had some good times together. <laughs> I particularly enjoyed that night we went out for Italian. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> yeah, Try any of those diets and then get back to us. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Grapefruit indeed. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.